Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Mike Shanahan School of Charm, it's the 4th and Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana is Jana Kimmel, a.k.a. Jana, I mean, JK16. I'm Scott Swaine, also known as the Fantasy Football Sherpa, at Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter. Jana, how are you? And belated happy birthday. You sure picked one Thank you. hell of a snowy weekend to move. Yeah, right? I, I spent my birthday weekend moving, <laughs> then promptly got snowed on, so that was fun. Um, but obviously so I live in the Philadelphia area bird, since I was getting snowed on. <laughs> what yeah. was that? Did you track uh, mud and dirt and water into your new place? Yes, unfortunately I did. <laughs> but the rest of my stuff came, so that's good. <laughs> that, that's always helpful. So It is. But, uh, so we... Had quite the weekend of close finishes, if you like close finishes, especially with the early yeah. games. Afternoon was definitely uh, a, a feast for the eyes then. But uh, what happened to your Cowboys there on Monday Unfortunately, night? Unfortunately, that was not one of those close finishes games. If it had ended in the first quarter, it probably still wouldn't have qualified as a close finish. No, I, uh, I don't. But, so are they going to be one. able to rebound and make the playoffs, or are the Eagles going to make them eat their dust from here on? What do you think will happen? I don't know. I, I'm I'm not totally convinced the Eagles will win out. Uh, it wouldn't be out of the question, but somehow it always seems to come down to Dallas and Philly at the end of the year, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Obviously, that would be nice for me as a Cowboys fan, but the injury is just piling up, and the fact that we lost 90% of the defense on Monday night was not great. I think no. it'll look better this week, but going to be a struggle. Yeah, that's that's going to be hard, but so I mean, let's let's see here. I mean, Dallas their remaining games, they've got um let's see, they've got Green Bay at home this weekend, then they're at Washington mm-hmm. and home to Philly in the last week of the season. Yeah. And Philadelphia is um at Minnesota this week. They mm-hmm. conclude their home season against Chicago the following mm-hmm. week in, uh, at Dallas. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that could be, I don't think they're going to win out. I mean, they're capable of losing all three of those games. I don't think they will, but. I, no, I, think I wouldn't be surprised if they lost the Chicago game. Like, yeah, that like the Cowboys did, and then sets it up for another winner takes all at the end of the year. Yeah, that could be kind of fun, so. But, yeah. so speaking of fun, how do, how do listeners reach us <laughs> if they want to take part in the show? Well, there are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, The easiest way, of course, is always calling us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. You can always find myself at JKIM16 and Scott at Fantasy underscore Sherpa. Uh, You can also email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at FantasyFootballSherpa.com all week long and on the chat room on Blog Talk Radio. So, number of ways. Standing by to take your phone calls, right? Uh, yes, of course. We should do a fundraiser <laughs> show, maybe. <laughs> do something. Yeah, we're still waiting for Peyton Manning to send us some uh, Omaha steaks, but that hasn't happened yet. Well, I have a change of address, so that's my excuse. <laughs> Maybe I should change mine so that I don't have to feel bad about not getting them. 
Maybe. I mean, it, it helps you sleep better at night, I swear. Yeah. Well, speaking of Peyton Manning, it just so happens that San Diego and Denver are playing in the Thursday night game, so why don't we... Yes, they are. ...the uh, week's action with that. So, San Diego, they've, they've certainly proven to be a formidable offense this year. They started off well, hit sort of that slumber period in the middle of the season, and now seem to have woken up again, unfortunately, against the Giants this past weekend, although yeah. that was an unexpected result. But So they played one Manning brother. They're, they're one and one against Manning brothers this year. I think, uh, unfortunately, after this game is over, they're going to be one and two. like mm-hmm. San Diego's offense a lot, but I, like, I dislike their defense even more. I think Philadelphia, I mean, excuse me, Denver, even without Wes Welker, just runs all over them, and I'll say Denver wins this 41-27. I can't argue too much with your score. I think Denver's definitely going to win this uh, pretty easily. I think they'll make the first half will be close. They'll make some good second half adjustments, like they always do. Uh, I think the most interesting thing about San Diego is the fact that their slump hasn't been in December when it normally is. So I guess that's improvement. Philip Rivers is having one of the best years of his career, so good for him. I just don't think there's enough there to go toe-to-toe with the Denver offense. Their defense isn't going to be able to slow them down enough. So uh, that being said, I still think there's there's some value to be had on the San Diego team. I think you can still start Phillip Rivers. They're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw a lot. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to every time you play Denver. Uh, I also like Ryan Matthews and Danny Woodhead. They'll both be catching passes as well as running. Keenan Allen I'm definitely starting. I like Eddie Royal as a flex, but... Uh, Antonio Gates uh, I like as well, but more of a flex option. I don't know if this is the best matchup in the world. And the kicker and defense, I'm saying no to. For Denver, I like Peyton Manning a lot this week. There's not too much mystery there. Wide receivers Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker are even more valuable than they usually are because of Wes Welker's absence. Kicker Jason Elam, he of the 64 Yard uh, record-setting field goal. That was cool. On a tangent for a second on that. You know, <laughs> there was a seven-way tie or whatever it was at 63 yards before he hit mm-hmm. that. It's all yeah. well and good that he hit that field goal, but I'm not real impressed by somebody that hits a field goal. When they break a record like that at halftime, I mean, yeah, it counts just as much as a field goal at any other point in the game, but the whole point of a long field goal like that is that you know, if the game's on the line, then you know, you know, either you miss it and the game's over or the other team mm-hmm. has a chance to return it, like you know, in that crazy Auburn-Alabama college game a couple yeah. weeks ago. But when you kick it at the end of the first half, I'm sure somebody in theory could block it or catch it and run it back for a touchdown the other way. It but there's really the little downside to that. That's why, for me, I still think Tom Dempsey's field goal in 1970 to win the game for the Saints against the Lions is mm-hmm. to me the most impressive uh, field goal ever kicked in in terms of the long ones. But so yeah. I don't know. You know, I mean, remember a few years ago when uh, um, I think it was when um, uh, uh, Tom Cable was still the coach of the Raiders and he let Janikowski by a 76-yard field goal at the end of the first <laughs> half of the game yeah. in. I believe was in Denver. I mean, there he was pretty much saying, "Go ahead and fire me, and I don't care." But <laughs> you know, you're not going to break a record like that by by you know, 13 yards 
you know, that, that would be the equivalent of Mark McGuire breaking Roger Maris's record. But, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. enough said uh, about It was a very, a very uh, aggressive celebration, though. I mean, because it was the end of the half. They had plenty of time to run around and hug and jump around. It was probably the most celebrated field goal we've, we've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, I mean, yeah, it's it's impressive that he broke the record, but I still think the Dempsey won, and I think... Who was it? Was it Joe Nedney or Matt Bryant? Somebody hit a long field goal, I think, for Tampa a few years ago to win a game against maybe it was Atlanta. And, yeah, I think that was also a game winner. The other ones, I think, were all into the first half, so I'm not as impressed by those, although anybody that can kick a field goal, kick a ball more than 10 yards impresses me, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, back to my recommendations for Denver. So, Star quarterback uh, Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, and kicker Jason Elam. Um, no Sean Moreno, Monte Ball. Not sure week to week who's going to have the better stats there, so they're both flex options for me. Tight ends Julius Thomas and Jacob Tammy are okay. Defense is a good start, and as I alluded to before, Wes Welker is going to definitely going to be out this week with the concussion, so you don't want yeah. him anywhere near your starting lineup. He's not going to score you any points, that's for sure. No. So, next up, the first of the early Monday, the Sunday games, we've got the, the <laughs> Loser Bowl, Washington and Atlanta, two teams, both of uh, much more was expected from both of them than yeah. what they this year. You know, they're both mm-hmm. you know, just toiling along there with um, you know, three and ten records, so that's that's not very good. They should both be in position for high draft choices. Of course, as we alluded to, Washington's already traded their draft choice, the high pick for um, to St. Louis as part of the RG3 trade. And speaking of RG3, you might he's not starting him. this week. <laughs> not starting this week nor the next two weeks. So he's been shut down for this season. And some people say Mike Shanahan's pretty much signed his own coaching death certificate there in Washington with that move and that he's burned the bridge there and all. But what do you think? I mean, is there some value to Washington in doing that? Can Kirk Cousins, do you think he's a viable alternative to RG3 going forward, or do you think they're just trying to give RG3 a chance to get healthy and maybe see if they can you know, get some value for Kirk Cousins as a, as a, you know, for a draft pick in the upcoming? Well, I mean, I, I honestly thought Mike Shanahan was getting fired Sunday night. I'm surprised he made it this long. With the fact they were saying he was the one leaking the stories and all of that, it's just they seem everyone seems to hate each other in the Redskins organization. So that's going to be fun the rest of the way. But as far as Kirk Cousins go, I think it's possible that it is going to actually help RG3 get uh, physically healthier. I don't know if it's going to make him any mentally healthier as a quarterback. But I mean, there is that one side of it saying, "Well, you don't want him to get hurt in the last three weeks. These games don't mean anything." Oh, excuse me, but at the same time, like, <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> but um, at the same time, is it is it doing him more damage by sitting him for three weeks when really the last few weeks haven't meant anything either? I think well, for Kirk Cousins, I mean, I like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback a lot, and for him this is basically a three-week audition to find his next team. I don't think he wants to stay a backup quarterback forever, and if I'm Mike Shanahan... If I'm going somewhere else, maybe I want to see if Kirk Cousins is someone I'm trying to bring with me. Yeah, I mean, the chance that he would 
be able to go somewhere, and Kirk Cousins would able be able to come there. I mean, at this point too, I wonder if Shanahan isn't damaged goods. I think that teams would be. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe the Jets, since they seem to like circuses, would. would I mean, I I don't know if I would be opposed to Mike Shanahan being the Cowboys quarterback or uh, coach at this point. Uh, I don't know. I. <laughs> The problem there isn't so much the coach as it is the GM who also happens yeah. to be the owner there, but that's mm-hmm. my opinion, my biased opinion from a distance. <laughs> anyway, so back to the game at hand here, Washington and Atlanta. We've been so RG3 not playing, Kirk Cousins playing, Washington, Atlanta, both, as we said, 3-10 and ten teams. I think Kirk Cousins is going to give the Redskins a jump start. Their offense still racking up pretty decent stats. They just haven't been able to put the ball in the end zone uh, consistently. In that sense, you know, they've, they've got a lot in common with Houston, which is another really putrid sure. team, you know, that they should have a much better record than they do if you just go by you know, the stats. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I think Washington's going to be inspired. Yes, it's a road game. Yes, it's a dome game. But I think they're going to get their act together. Kirk Cousins will lead them to victory. I'll say Washington 31, Atlanta 24. Yeah, I think I think Kirk Cousins is going to be the difference maker in this game, and I think that it's going to it really is going to light a spark under Washington. I think they can win this by a touchdown easily. Uh, Atlanta, I just they're going the wrong way right now. There's just not a lot they have going well for them, um, and I just. There's really not much more you can say about them other than that. So, fantasy-wise, for the Redskins, I like Kirk Cousins more as a second quarterback option. Uh, it is his first week. It's away. You know, there's some pressure here. I, I want to tread a little bit lightly. Obviously, I don't want to put all of my playoff fantasy hopes and dreams on it, an uncertain set of sh- shoulders, if you will. But... I am comfortable starting Alfred Morris and Pierre Garçon. Aldrick Robinson could be an interesting flex option for you. Definitely start tight end Jordan Reed, but I'm staying away from the kicker and the defense. Well, for instance, you know, who would you rather start this week among these mm-hmm. three? You've got Kirk Cousins with what appears to be a pretty favorable matchup, and then you've got yeah. Andy Dalton and Ben Roethlisberger both playing what appear to be pretty good defenses of those three how would you rank them for this weekend um i might go andy dalton one kurt cousins two big ben three i think i'd rather have cousins than either of those guys Eh. i don't know i just i like i like what andy dalton has weapons wise all right speaking of weapons and a guy who's lost several this season for the falcons I'd start quarterback Matt Ryan, wide receiver Harry Douglas, and tight end Tony Gonzalez. Running back Steven Jackson, wide receiver Roddy White. Flex options for me, kicker Kai Forbath, good to start. Jacquez Rogers, running back, stay away from him and stay away from the Falcons' defense this week. All right. I can live with that. So let's let's move right along to the suddenly the juggernaut of the NFL, the Bay <laughs> Buccaneers. Winners, I think, four or five games now. So I told you this would happen someday. I didn't know it would be this day, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty speechless by this. I, I really thought Greg Schiano was a goner when they started off 0-8, but now all of a sudden everybody loves him. You know, 
people don't seem to remember anything about the Mirza or anything anymore. No, so no. Who knows? But I just really can't see Tampa Bay. I know they've they've gotten more offense the last few weeks, but mm-hmm. I just can't see them mustering enough to beat San Francisco, who ex- isn't exactly hitting on all cylinders offensively themselves. No, but they have more than enough to beat Tampa here. I'll say San Francisco wins this in a pretty low-scoring game. I think there are a number of teams that will score more this week than these two teams combined, but I'll say San Francisco takes this game by a score of 20-10. to 10. I don't know. I think I think this is going to be a little higher scoring than you do, but uh, I think San Francisco will win this by six or seven points. As much as I love the Tampa Bay juggernaut, I just don't know if they have enough to overcome what San Francisco is bringing to the table. I think uh, Colin Kaepernick's more second quarterback option, though. I think the run game is going to be a little stronger. Uh, I definitely like Frank Gore. I'm comfortable starting Anquan Bolden. Michael Crabtree is more a flex option for me. I do like Vernon Davis at tight end. And I'm going to start the kicker, Phil Dawson, and the defense. For Tampa, I'd start wide receiver Vincent Jackson Tight end, Timothy Wright. I'm up and down on him from one week to the next. This week mm-hmm. he's back in good graces, so I would start him. Start the defense. Running back Bobby Rainey has looked good several weeks in a row now, but I don't like this matchup for him, so he's a flex option for me. Quarterback Mike Glennon, stay away. Wide receiver Tyquan Underwood, stay away. And kicker Ryan Lindell, stay away. All right. All right, next is a game that should be a barrel of laughs if you're me. Oh, uh, the New York Giants hosting Seattle, which in spite of its loss at San Francisco last weekend is still arguably the best NFC team. And they're playing coincidentally in the stadium that's going to host the Super Bowl in a couple of months. I say, I'm not sure Seattle's going to make it to the Super Bowl, but I definitely think they're going to win a game in the Meadowlands. I'll say that they take this not, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I'll say Seattle wins this by touchdown. Seattle 24, New York 17. I like Seattle more like by 10 or 14 points. Um, granted, it helps the Giants that they're not in Seattle, but I don't know if they're going to be able to slow down really any facet of this offense and then trying to get any offense going against the Seattle defense. That's eh, going to be a little tricky for them. Um, so fantasy-wise, great week to have Seattle players. I would start Russell Wilson, absolutely start Marshawn Lynch. I like Golden Tate and Doug Baldwin, as well as kicker Stephen Hauschka and the defense. Yeah, I picked up Doug Baldwin in another league this week to start in a in a semifinal game, so we'll see how that goes. For the Giants, I like wide receiver Victor Cruz and tight end Brandon Myers. Eli Manning, second quarterback for me. Andre Brown has had a few nice games in a row, but I don't think he'll do much against Seattle's defense. Hakeem mm-hmm. Nick, this is a lost cause for him. I, I think he's done yeah. as a giant. Ruben Randall had a nice few games. He's had a few good games this week, but you certainly, this season, but you certainly can't count on him having one this week. Defense, okay to start. Stay away from running backs Peyton Hillis and Brandon Jacobs and avoid kicker Josh Brown. I'm sorry in advance for your Giants. Yeah, you're just playing for a high draft <laughs> at this point, so we'll see. you got to play for something. Might as well be that. Yeah. So next up we've got the 
juggernaut Philadelphia Eagles, winners of mm-hmm. five games in a row, last three of them at home. They're yeah. on the road again this week with Minnesota, so it'll be interesting to see if they they can you know, carry over their momentum from the three home victories to the road. Minnesota, gosh, talk about a, a tough luck loss last week. Yeah, they really yeah. took a part in the seesaw battle with with um, Baltimore there, but that just was a shame that uh, one of those teams had to lose that game, but Minnesota did find a way to lose it. That was I crazy, think, though. I think they showed that they, can, that they have some offense, but I also think they showed that they don't have much defense, and against the team that can put up a lot of points in a hurry like the Eagles, I, I think Minnesota's going to be left behind pretty quickly, especially if Adrian Peterson can't play. Even if he does play, and I'm assuming he will, I like Philadelphia by two touchdowns in this game. Philadelphia 41, Minnesota 27. I like them more by like 10 points, but I, I don't think we're going to see nearly as many close uh, early games as we did last week. I don't think we're going to get as many finishes quite like we did. Uh, Philly already ready for the cold weather. They played in the worst conditions than anybody last week. They built basically a snowman out of Calvin Johnson. Um, fantasy-wise, you can pretty, pretty safely go with a lot of these guys. Definitely start Nick Foles. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, of course, set a new rushing record last week for the Eagles. I like Deshaun Jackson and Riley Cooper. Normally, I would say to maybe use Brent Selleck as a uh, uh, flex option, but Minnesota, not great against tight ends. Uh, Brent Selleck was targeted a little bit more last week than he has been in the past. They weren't rotating tight ends quite as often, so I think you can go ahead and start him this week. I am going to start kicker Alex Henry and the defense. Yeah, Brent Selleck, that's a tough call. I mean, with him and with Zach Ertz, it's really hard to know who's going to get more targets from week to week. I'm not either of them, but uh, hopefully, as we like to say, you have better options. But for Minnesota, there's not many options there that you want. Um, Adrian Peterson, if he starts, start him. If not, Toby Gerhardt. He obviously has his own health issues with his hamstring injury, but he, I think, could do well if if he has to start. The Mm -hmm. the real strength of the team, Cordero Patterson, say what you will about the rest of the team, but he's really come on. He's he's been the best thing about this team, about watching this team. Yeah, he's probably the most exciting thing they have going for them now. I mean, he's replaced uh, Percy Harvin and then some, but... He's the the new Devin Hester of the league. Yeah, but you know, unlike Devin Hester, he can actually you know, catch passes you know, and play a real position outside of special teams. Too, I mean, he can even line up in the backfield if he needs to. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to pass yet. But I have a feeling that might be coming this week, yeah. especially with their quarterback <laughs> situation. But so Adrian Peterson or Toby Gerhard, whoever starts, is worth starting. Wide receivers: Greg Jennings, Jerome Simpson, and Cordero Patterson. I think are all decent starts. Quarterback Matt Castle is the second quarterback if he starts. Christian Ponder, if he starts, I would keep him on the bench. Tight end John Carlson had a concussion last week. It's questionable mm-hmm. this week. If he plays, he's okay for me. Kicker Blair Walsh, okay, and I would stay away from the defense because I think this is going to be You actually started Blair Walsh. First I did. time all year. I'm not sure if it's the first time, but one of few. Yeah, I haven't really yeah. liked... Minnesota's the Blair Walsh home. project. You have not been a fan. 
No, I, I haven't really liked most of their matchups when they've been at home, and this one I do just because I, you know, as impressed as I am by Philadelphia's offense, I'm not that impressed by their defense. And nope. Thank uh, with their improvement on offense, that Minnesota is going to bring up some points here, but probably still not mm-hmm. enough to win. So, yeah, fair enough. Next is a game which I'm guessing we're going to disagree on, and mm, that's maybe involved, and we seem to disagree on just about every Miami game. New England, they, they certainly made it a lot closer than you would have hoped against Cleveland. They're probably the least impressive 10 and three team that I can remember unless it's the Chiefs, but anyway, game, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think in warmer climes, maybe that takes away some of New England's cold field advantage, but mm. I, I think that they're getting their groove now, and even with their rookie wide receivers all missing the, the game last week, you know, all of a sudden Shane Vereen became a, you know, a, a top-notch receiver for them. I just mm-hmm. think the the big wild card there, of course, is how are they going to react without Rob Gronkowski? I still think they have more than enough weapons, and I think they'll find a way to win this game pretty easily. I'll say New England 34, Miami 24. I think losing Gronkowski probably takes them out of the Super Bowl picture, but uh, if they were even in it before that, but yeah. I think that's going to be too much for them to overcome, but I still think they have more than enough to win this game. Well, we saw what the the offense looked like early on without Gronkowski. It was kind of pedestrian. I mean, they did not use tight ends at all. Uh, it was it was pretty one-dimensional. And no, they were trying he's, to... He's got his running back back, and he's got more chemistry, if you will, with yeah. Amendola and Edelman's had a decent season. And I, I just think there's a little bit more there now than there was at the beginning. No, I, I completely agree. I just don't think that we can expect the offense to keep producing the way it was going into the postseason without Gronkowski. You take away a huge threat on the field, the defense is going to have an easier time against you. No, um, I think they'll be that, as good as they have been the last few weeks, but better than they were the first few weeks, the first four or yeah. five weeks of the season, put it that way. I agree. I don't think Miami is going to win this game. I think they're going to keep it a little more respectable than you do. I think it's going to be within seven points that they lose, but still, they're not going to win this game. Uh, New England, I think you can start Tom Brady. I'd start Shane Varingo with the hot hand. Stephen Ridley and LeGarrette Blunt could be flex options. Uh, I do like Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, more a flex option for me. Star kicker Stephen Goskowski and the defense. Uh, I think there are going to be higher scoring games this weekend, uh, this New England-Miami one, maybe not one of the highest, though. So no Michael Human or Winui for you? Nah, not this week. I think there are better better options out there. All right. So for Miami, I would start quarterback Ryan Tannehill. I would start wide receivers Brian Hartline and Mike Wallace. Tight end Charles Clay, who continues to amaze and amuse. Running mm-hmm. back Daniel Thomas had a nice game last week because Lamar... Miller missed, and that's not the only reason he had a nice game. He actually played well, but, but it helped. opportunity yeah. because Lamar Miller wasn't there to split carries with him. This week, I, Daniel Thomas is a flex option for me. Kicker Caleb Sturgis, okay to start. Running back Lamar Miller, questionable with a concussion. Even if he plays, I would not start him and stay away mm-hmm. from Miami's defense because I, even, I think even – Sans Gronkowski, that uh, New England's still going to put up a, a, bush, a boatload of points here. I agree, but we'll see. 
now we'll move on to two teams that Not a high-scoring game. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing here is that, yeah, they've, they've got identical records now, kind of like Washington and Atlanta do, but one team's headed in one direction and the other's headed in the other. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacksonville, like Tampa, has won four out of five games now. Buffalo has not won four out of five games. No. They actually have a game losing streak, but eh, I, I think Buffalo is going to get their act together, and I, I still think Jacksonville is a little bit more of a smoke-and-mirror show than Tampa is. So if I had to choose one of those teams as being, quote-unquote, real, uh, I think I, I like Tampa Bay more than Jacksonville for the rest of the season. But here, since Jacksonville is not Tampa Bay this week, they're playing Buffalo. I, I don't think they'll get past Buffalo. I think Buffalo has a little bit too much offense for them, and Jacksonville has a little too little defense, I mean, to offense to get anything going. <laughs> I'll say um, Buffalo wins this. I'll say Buffalo 23, Jacksonville 10. I'm going, I'm going for a close one. I think Buffalo's going to win this 21-17. And I, granted, I, I agree with you on most of these points, Jacksonville has looked better. I don't think they can pull through this week. I think that Buffalo's just got a little bit too much for them. I like E.J. Manuel more as a second quarterback option. I do like Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller. I'm also good with starting Stevie Johnson and kicker Dan Carpenter and the defense. It's not going to be uh, that high scoring, and I think we'll see a, a fair amount of field goal attempts here. Alright, for Jacksonville, I would start tight end Mercedes Lewis. Quarterback Chad Henney, running back Maurice Jones-Drew is, you know, both those guys are more flex option, or not Chad Henney, is the second quarterback option, Maurice Jones-Drew, <laughs> flex option. Wide receivers Mike Brown and Ace Sanders, flex options, defense okay. Stay away from running back Jordan Todman, wide receivers Cecil Shorts, and kicker Josh Scobie. All right. Poor Josh Scobie. Every week we talk about how you can't start him. Well, it's not his fault. <laughs> His offense, but anyway. The Josh Scobie experience. Yeah, no, this next game, these two teams, I really don't understand. You know, no. They're, they're very confusing. Even last week against Jacksonville, Houston outgained them, I think, something like 400 yards of offense to 270, yet Jacksonville pretty much manhandled them in the, on the scoreboard. So mm-hmm. there's something that's not working there for Houston that yeah, I don't think firing Gary Kubiak is, is going to solve it. You know, the change was no. probably necessary, but yeah, I feel bad for him because he always had his teams on the verge of the playoffs and they they you know, didn't quite make it. And then he had his heart problems a few weeks ago and now this. But uh, yeah. I, I still I look at Houston and I think they could be next year's Kansas City, you know, a decent team that uh, should be better then. So I'll take Houston to win this game. I'll say Houston 28 and Indianapolis 20. I like your score. I like it reversed. Uh, Worth a thought, but I think Gary Kubiak could be an interesting fit as a Redskins head coach next year. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that could work. Um, But for this game, I think – I, I don't even have a real reason why I think Indy could win this game. I just feel like at some point they have to actually win football games, and this is a week it might happen. They're at home. Maybe they'll be less terrible than they have been. 
Um, I like Houston. I like the pieces they have. There's really no reason they should be this bad. But fantasy-wise, I think Case Keenum's more a second quarterback option. I like Ben Tate. I like Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) For Indianapolis, I would start Donald Brown. I would start Kobe Fleener. Andrew Locke, eh, he's more of a second quarterback option for me. Trent Richardson, maybe a flex. I wouldn't get too excited about Derek Rogers or LeVon Brazil. They're more flex options for me. I still think T.Y. Hilton is the best of their wide receivers, and I still think of him as a flex option for this week. He was a ghost they, for the first three quarters last week. I don't think he had a catch till the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's it works from week to week. And then Darius Hayward Bay, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm his name, but I do. Maybe you one of these I'll forget to do that, but uh, <laughs> I, I still think it's worth a flex option if you're in a really deep league. Defense, mm-hmm. okay to start. Stay away from kicker Adam Vinatieri. All right, let's keep rolling. The end of the uh, early games. Or as you like to call them, the morning games. I did not call them the morning games on purpose because I know it upsets you. <laughs> and I haven't mispronounced any names yet because I know it upsets you too. It's still Actually, early. It it's still early. We got half the games still to go. <laughs> oh come on! You have little faith. <laughs> you're right. you're lucky this week. I have the Jets, so San Antonio Holmes is on my radar. <laughs> yeah, but who has the Redskins? Dun dun dun! I already had them. Oh, that's right. So I'm free. Yeah. You could well, you could be in the clear here. Play your cards right. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll work on it. So, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't want to put too much pressure on myself. But next game yeah. up, Chicago at Cleveland. Cleveland did a nice job keeping things close against New England last week, but found a way to lose the game. And that's sort of, in a nutshell, how their whole season has gone. I think that trend continues this week. Chicago in a dogfight with Detroit and even Green Bay still for that NFC North title. They need a win. I think they get one here, even though it's on the road. I'll say Chicago 27, Cleveland 24. I'm taking Cleveland for the quasi-upset. I think this whole Jay Cutler, Josh McCallan, who should start thing is going to be a little bit of an issue for Chicago. And I think think Cleveland's going to, you know, actually finish a game for once. This is going to be fun. But... Uh, whichever quarterback it is starting, and it looks like it's probably going to be Jay Cutler, but either way, I think you can start either Cutler or McCown. Uh, I really think they'd be better off sticking with Josh McCown, but, you know, that's that's just my opinion. <laughs> Nobody from the Bears has called me to ask. <laughs> um, we don't Matt want to interrupt. Forte. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like Matt Forte. I love Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. And I am going to start the defense. Uh, tight end Martellus Bennett, I like more as a flex option this week, but still not a bad one at that. For Cleveland, another quarterback quandary. And I'll, have the, I'll take the same tack that you did. Whether it's Jason Campbell or Brandon Whedon, I'll start whoever it is that's starting against uh, Chicago's past yeah. defense. Just a, an open-ended <laughs> start. <laughs> I mean, either one Ellen of them. name here. Either one of them, as long as they have Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron to throw to, they're going to put up decent stats. And mm-hmm. Josh Gordon this week, I, I, this year, I think, has firmly established himself as a top five wide receiver, maybe even top three, arguably. 
Jordan Cameron having a nice breakout season as a tight end. The rest of the team, not much there. Wide receivers, Greg Little and Devon Bess. If you're desperate, you could use them as flex options. Kicker Billy Cundiff, okay. The defense is okay. Willis McGahey, he's questionable. He had a concussion last week. I'd stay away from him. Same thing, Chris Ogbenai and Fozzie Whitaker. You really don't want uh, any of those guys starting in your fantasy playoff weeks, or any other week for that matter. Yeah, but it's fun to say but Fozzie Whitaker. Players with former Muppet names. Exactly. Precious <laughs> given names, former Muppets. <laughs> oh, Fozzie. So, next up we've got the first of the late games, Kansas City at Oakland. I went back and forth on this game, and I know that's hard for you to imagine because of how bad <laughs> Oakland looked last week against the Jets, but... They were I, rotating quarterbacks. It didn't. There was not even a reason to be doing it. It was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, they were they were pretty much without their uh, their three best offensive weapons last week with uh, Denarius Moore and you know Rashad yeah. Jennings and Darius game. And still, Marcel Reese ran for over 100 yards. That's pretty good when you have a team that bad that has three running backs that can all run for. 100 yards if they're the feature backs. So, and Kansas City, yeah. like I said all season, I don't think their defense is, a, is as good, at least not statistically, as they're cracked up to be. Still, though, I think when you put it all together, even with Oakland at home and the black hole, I just think that Kansas City has a little bit more to play for, and I, I just think they match up a little. They match up pretty well. I'll say Kansas City wins this by a field goal. Kansas City 27, Oakland 24. Yeah, I, I can agree. I just Even if Kansas City's uh, defense isn't as cracked up as it may be on paper, I still think they're going to be a better uh, matchup than Oakland's offense is going to be. So I'm pretty comfortable going with Kansas City this week. And as shocking as that may be, I also uh, think that you can probably safely start Alex Smith. You could start Jamal Charles, start Dwayne Bowe, even start your favorite kicker, Ryan Suckup, and the defense. Yeah, well, for Oakland, I hope they're not doing the rotating quarterback thing again this week. That was I th- awful. I think Matt McGloin could actually have a pretty good game against this Chiefs defense. Running back Marcel Reese, I think he keeps his momentum going, and I would start him. Wide receiver Denarius Moore, as we mentioned, missed last week, but if he starts this week, I would consider him as a flex option. Same thing, Rod Streeter and Andre Holmes, flex options. Tight end Michael Rivera, flex option. Kicker Sebastian Janikowski and the defense are okay to start. I'd stay away from running backs Darren McFadden, who's questionable with an ankle injury, and Rashad Jennings, who's questionable after missing last week's game with a concussion. Yeah, I, I, I've become Matt McGloin believer as an NFL quarterback. I wasn't sold at first, but I am now. Well, I don't know. I I think it's much more likely that Kirk Cousins is going to be an NFL, NFL starter somewhere next year than it is that Matt McGloin is going to be an NFL starter somewhere. Actually, I have a hard time believing he would start anywhere other than Oakland, but uh, we'll see. Well, it looks I, like he's going to be the Oakland starting quarterback next year. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't imagine that they're going to give up on Terrell Pryor already, but stranger things yeah. have happened. But 
We'll see. Maybe all his tattoos are weighing him down. Yeah, that, that must be it. So I think so. Now, next game up, we've got... Mm. Their hard <laughs> figure kind of looked really good, and I thought they might you know, at least give New Orleans a close game last week, and then they forgot to show up. I mean, they yeah. the, had the ball, and that was pretty much all she wrote for them. Jets surprisingly got their act together after three We did straight. not think they would win another game this year, and they proved us wrong. Oh, I, but then again, they were playing Oakland, which was without its three best offensive players, best being a yeah. relative term, of course, but uh, they found a way to get it done. This week on the road, Carolina, they're a game behind New Orleans now, but they play them again next week. If they win this week, they still have a chance to, you know, potentially catch New Orleans and win the division. I I think they've got a little bit more to play for, and I think they're just a little bit more consistent than the Jets are. Therefore, I'm going to pick Carolina to win this. I'll say Carolina 24, Jets 20. I'm taking Carolina to win by, like, 14 points. I don't think that the Jets are... I thought you were going to say by four touchdowns. (laughs) No, no, that'd be a little aggressive even for me, but... I just don't think that the Jets are on the same level as Carolina in any facet of their game right now. Um, And I also don't think Carolina's going to catch New Orleans, but winning this week gives them at least a chance to. Fantasy-wise for the Jets, Geno Smith, only really a second quarterback option for me, although he did look sort of like a quarterback last week, which was good for him. Uh, I don't know if I really think that'll happen again this week, so I would tread lightly. Chris Ivory, more a flex option. Antonio Holmes, more a flex option, as well as Jeremy Curley. So I'm not comfortable really starting anybody on the Jets on their own. What I love are always the transitive property arguments. Jets beat the Saints, <laughs> Saints beat Carolina, ergo the Jets are going to beat Carolina. It, doesn't, it hardly ever seems to work out that way, and I don't think it works out that way this week either. I think Carolina, I think the Jets, for whatever reason, caught New Orleans asleep or just not prepared. Yeah. They played them at home. Jets are not as good a team on the road, or at least they haven't shown that so far this year. Carolina, or on even number weeks. This is a, an even-numbered week, which is tough for the Jets. Yeah, I, I'm i just not feeling <laughs> it this week for them. You know, whether it's an even-number week, an odd-number week, it's an even-numbered game for them for 14 <laughs> But yeah. I'm really clutching at straws here. So for Carolina, start quarterback Cam Newton, wide receiver Steve Smith, tight end Greg Olson in the defense, D'Angelo Williams, flex option, wide receivers Brandon LaFell and Ted Ginn Jr., flex options, kicker Graham Gano is good to start, stay away from running back Jonathan Stewart, who has a knee injury and is questionable, and also Mike Tolbert, just not enough carries there. The whole backfield is questionable. Yeah, well, D'Angelo Williams gave a pretty good accounting for himself last week. Yeah, see what happens. All right, speaking of seeing what happens, how about the Green Bay and the Dallas Cowboys? Can't ask for a better matchup than this. Well, I suppose you can. Woo, backup quarterback Matt Flynn versus a totally depleted Dallas defense. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I mean, supposedly Aaron Rodgers taking some snaps, and they're not ruling him out, although... Kind of the same way people are saying RG3 should just shut it down for the season. People are saying the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. But the thing with Aaron no Rodgers way. is 
Packers have stuff to play for still. Yeah, he says his shoulder hurts and all, but I agree with you. If he can physically do it, I think he's going to play. I don't know if he plays or not, but I still think that Dallas's defense is depleted to the point where Green Bay is going to be able to put up points, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Matt Flynn. I think they put up a few more points if Aaron Rodgers is there, but assuming it's Matt Flynn, I still think they can score 30-plus points. I'll take Green Bay to win this game, even though it's at Dallas. I'll say Green Bay 34, Dallas 24. I like it more like Dallas 34, Green Bay 31. I think this is going to be kind of a shootout. Um, I just I think the Dallas offense may be able to, as long as Matt Flynn's quarterbacking, I think they may be able to overcome the fact that their defense is going to be pretty terrible. Uh, I think they'll be a little better looking than last week, but supposedly Sean Lee's going to play. We'll see. They're not going to be playing in cold Chicago. They'll be playing in Jerry's World. Whether or not that actually helps, I don't necessarily believe it does. If you're a Dallas Cowboy player, that place is just uh, full of distractions. But uh, this game could go either way, honestly. I don't think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers. So I think Matt Flynn's more second quarterback option. Even if Aaron Rodgers plays, I would be a borderline second quarterback option for him as well just because you don't know what you're going to get out of that shoulder. Um, I do like Eddie Lacy. I like James Starks as well. James Jones and Jordy Nelson, I'm good with starting, and Jarrett Boykin could be a flex option. Definitely start tight end Andrew Corliss, but leave the kicker and defense on your bench. For Dallas, I would start Tony Romo, running back to Marco Murray, wide receiver Des Bryant, and tight end Jason Witten. Uh, a more flex option, looking at uh, wide receivers Terrence Williams and Miles Austin as flex options, kicker Dan Bailey, okay to start. Running back Joseph Randall had some nice pickups in relief last week, but I don't think he's worth starting. You don't want to pin your playoff hopes on him unless you're in a really deep league. And uh, same thing, I would sit the defense. I think Green Bay is going to put up a lot of points here. One of my, uh, you'll appreciate this, one of my my genius employees this week, an Eagles fan naturally, uh, came to me and said, you know, Jana, how many Cowboys fans does it take to change a light bulb? I said, I don't know. How many? He said, none. They never actually change it. They just talk about how good the last light bulb was. Terrible. Eagles yeah. fans are riding high around here lately. Yeah, they are. I mean, that's kind of funny how things, it's such a roller coaster this season. Just five mm-hmm. weeks ago, there were articles being written about how Chip Kelly was overrated and yeah, his whole yeah, his offense, offense had been figured out and... Yeah, they're not they're not putting up a ton of points. It's certainly not Oregon's offense against the rest of the Pac-12. But you know, with Nick yeah. Foles there, there's some stability there, and yeah, they seem to be doing a lot better. So we'll see. But Ugh. yeah, anyway, it, things can turn quickly, and there's nothing to say that some team won't win their last three games, sneak into the playoffs, and then run all the way to the Super Bowl. But We'll see. A la your Giants? Uh, no, that would not be happening for my Giants. I think the best it has can... before, though. <laughs> it has, but I think they're mathematically eliminated. But, yes, you are um, mathematically eliminated. Yeah. I mean, the best they could finish is 8-8, eight and eight, which would tie them with either Philadelphia or 
or Dallas, and you know, I, I don't think uh, they've, they've lost twice to Dallas, so they lose that tiebreaker and mm-hmm. forget how they would lose the tiebreaker to Philly, but uh, long story short, it's not happening. So. Nope. So speaking about getting hot at the right moment, Arizona is a team that potentially could do that, but of course they lost the Honey Badger, who was a big part of their past defense. That was brutal. That was a bad-looking injury. That I mean, yeah, he he was a he was a screw up in college, obviously. But you know, you always have to root for people that get their act together and get their lives together. And he seems to have done that. And you just hope that without the football and the focus that that gives him, that he'll mm-hmm. still be able to keep his nose clean, so to speak, and all. But uh, anyway, Arizona, they still have somewhat of a shot. They're they're a game behind San Francisco and New Orleans. They're eight and five. The other two teams are are um you know, I mean Carolina and um San Francisco both nine mm-hmm. and four. So they've got an uphill battle to catch those teams. It could happen, but I think their their dreams come crashing to a halt this week. I think Tennessee pulls the upset at home. I'll say Tennessee twenty four, Arizona twenty one. I think Tennessee takes advantage of Arizona's depleted defensive backfield and and post the upset. I actually agree with you here, and I think this is going to be one of those fantastic finishes that comes down to the wire. This might be one of the better endings of the day. That's my prediction. But I do think Tennessee is going to come out on top. I like Carson Palmer as a second quarterback. I do like Richard Mendenhall. Andre Ellington is more a flex option for me. I'm okay starting Larry Fitzgerald and Malcolm Floyd, and I am going to start the defense, even though they're going to lose the game. It's not going to be because it's going to be high scoring. For Tennessee, I would start quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, running back Chris Johnson in the defense, running back Sean Green, okay to start the flex option, wide receivers Justin Hunter, who had a nice game last week, Nate Washington and Kendall Wright are all flex options for, for me. Tight end Delaney Walker, questionable with his concussion last week. If he were to start, I'd like him a lot, but you know, with the concussion concerns, I'll say he's a flex option. Kicker Rob Baronis, okay to start. Yeah, we'll see. This this should be one of the more interesting games, if not one of the more high-scoring games this week. Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking forward to that game. All right, so next up, we've got New Orleans at St. Louis. St. Louis, eh, they they look like they're on the verge of being a better team, but I just can't really see them being a consistent winner with with Callan Clemens at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I can see them being a consistent winner with Sam Bradford at quarterback either, yeah. but he isn't around to be speculated about this week. New Orleans, you think they could have a letdown in this game after the way they were so impressive against Carolina after a slow start last week, but I, I don't think they're going to have a letdown. I think they know what's at stake here. You know, they've got to keep that game advantage over Carolina, which yeah, I think if even if Carolina wins next week, New Orleans still owns the, owns the tiebreaker over them. Mm-hmm. New Orleans gets it done. I think they win this game. I'll say New Orleans 27, St. Louis 13. Uh, I think this game's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be St. Louis can keep it, you know, reasonable or they're going to get absolutely blown out. 
I don't think there's any way St. Louis can actually win this game short of something catastrophic happening to the entire New Orleans offense. I just, I like St. Louis. I like their defense. I even like what their offense has been doing, but I don't think that they can go score for score with this New Orleans offense. So I'm taking New Orleans by 10. Uh, I do like Drew Brees, Pierre Thomas. Uh, Darren Sproul's more flex option for me, but Marquise Colston and Lance Moore and Jimmy Graham and the defense, all good starts. For St. Louis, running back Zach Stacy is the only guy that I would start this week or say is a definite start. Mm-hmm. Kellen Clemens, more of a second quarterback. Wide receiver Chris Givens, flex option. Tight end Jared Cook, a flex option. Defense, okay. I would not start Tavon Austin. He's questionable with an ankle injury. Not sure that they're really going to take chances with him. Brian Quick, too inconsistent. Stedman Bailey, you know, welcome to the NFL. Had a nice game last week. Actually, I think he's had a yeah. couple nice games the last two weeks, but I still wouldn't start him. And uh, kicker Greg Zerline wouldn't start him either. Greg the Leg. Too much to ask that Greg the Leg and Blair Walsh, the Blair Walsh Project, be started in the same week. Yeah, I don't I, think he I, can do it. No, not not this season. Maybe maybe sometime <laughs> in the future, but not this season. So, all right, we've got. Game which should be interesting. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, they've had two, I guess it's okay to say heartbreaking losses the last couple of weeks. Maybe, you know, that one was really tough last week. They thought they uh, had it. Yeah, that was I, I don't know. That, that's time. Mean, I don't know about the whole lateral thing and whether it was a forward lateral or not, but. Yeah, the stepping out of bounds thing, you, you hate to see that, but still exciting game. And the, this isn't really from this game, but I thought it was ironic that uh, Jacoby Jones scored another return, that he actually did score a return touchdown in the Baltimore-Minnesota yeah. <laughs> game last week. So that was nice mm-hmm. to see, I guess, with Mike yeah. Tomlin not around to obstruct his, his, his um, progress. Much easier was, to run that way. Really Yeah, is. it is. So... But anyway, hopefully Pittsburgh will avoid any sideline controversies this week. But I still think even though they're at home, Cincinnati's got a little more to play for. They've got a little bit better uh, talent. I I think Cincinnati manages to win this. I'll say Cincinnati 24, Pittsburgh 20. I like Cincinnati by six. Um, I just think, I, I agree with you, I think overall they're just a little bit better of a team. And even though they're in Pittsburgh, and this is always going to be tough, the AFC North on AFC North crime, but I still think Cincinnati will come out on top. And like you said, not going to be super high scoring. These games never are between these two teams. I am definitely going to start my man, the ginger ninja Andy Dalton. I'm going to start the law firm, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, and Giovanni Bernard, as well as, of course, A.J. Green and tight end Jermaine Gresham, and the defense. For Pittsburgh... In spite of what I said before about Kirk Cousins, I would start quarterback Ben Roethlisberger this week. <laughs> More because I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball and they're going to throw the ball most of the game. So Yeah, you know, probably. Wide receivers Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, they haven't really missed Mike Wallace too much, although they haven't been winning games. I don't think you can blame that on Mike Wallace in his absence. Tight end Heath Miller seems to be healthy and back in sync with Ben Roethlisberger, so start him. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. 
Yeah, it did, but Le'Veon Bell, um, I just don't like this matchup for him. If you have to use him as a flex, go ahead, but not loving the matchup. Wide receiver Jericho Cotri, questionable with a shoulder injury. Uh, I, I just don't think there's enough balls to go around with Heath Miller back as part of the offense now and Brown and Sanders firmly entrenched there. Even if Roethlisberger has to throw it 50 times a game, I, I don't think Cotri gets enough of the balls to you know, make him a worthwhile start this week. Maybe a flex option, but that's about it. Yeah. Defense, I think, is okay to start because I think this will be a relatively low-scoring game, and mm-hmm. Sean Sweeson, I would keep him on the bench. Just not enough offense for Pittsburgh. No, but this will be a good Sunday night game at least, so can't ask for too much more than that. No, and speaking of, this next game could be interesting. Baltimore, they've won a couple of of, um, close games the last couple weeks and gotten themselves back into the playoff hunt. They're playing at Detroit, which is still somehow in the playoff hunt. They should have run away with that division. They didn't, but... They still have a good shot to win it, although Chicago is arguably playing a lot better right now than they are. Uh, This one, not sure exactly. I think you could flip a coin, but whenever I flip this coin, it still comes up Detroit. I'll say Detroit 27, Baltimore 20. I agree. I agree, actually, with a lot of that. Uh, I'd... Detroit should have won the game last week. I don't know why you only throw to Calvin Johnson four times when he's the only one who's been able to make any plays, but we know that's neither here nor there. This week I think they do remember that Calvin Johnson is a bigger part of their team, and that's going to be the tipping point for Baltimore. Baltimore, I just, I, they've looked better. They are somehow miraculously still a factor in the playoffs, but I don't know if they still will be after this week. Joe Flacco, more second quarterback option for me. Any of the running backs, flex options. Uh, I do like Marlon Brown, Torrey Smith, and they're okay starts. I like Jacoby Jones more as a flex option, but uh, obviously he's got the the special team's return probability is there, and uh, so that's something to take into consideration. I am going to start kicker Justin Tucker, but say no to the defense. Well, when you... You're talking about Baltimore, though, as far as the playoffs go. Right now, mm-hmm. Kansas City or Denver, more likely Kansas City, pretty much has that first wild card spot sewn up. But right now, you look at the standings, and you've got Baltimore and Miami both sitting at 7-6. Jets and the Chargers are 6-7. and seven. I think you have to like uh, Baltimore's chances as much as you know, we've been poo-pooing them all season, and especially their yeah. offense. But uh, I, I think they, they – I, if I have to pick between Baltimore and Miami, I'm picking Baltimore. I think if I had to pick between Baltimore and Miami, I would also pick Baltimore. I just don't think that they're going to be any kind of relevant in the playoffs. Oh, that's, that wasn't the question so much as who was going to get <laughs> uh, say so. They may get there. I just – I don't know if I'm totally sold on that either. I mean, Matt, I, I understand on paper it's very possible. I just don't – I don't know. Uh. Well, they're the kind of team I was alluding to before. You know, you win four or five games in a row at the end of the season, and all of a sudden you get on a nice little roll, and who knows. But Yeah, they know how to get to the Super Bowl. We saw that last year. Yeah, not only get there, but actually win it. Yeah. So for Detroit, I would start quarterback Matthew Stafford, wide receiver Calvin Johnson in the defense. Uh, Reggie Bush, 
Joyke Bell, more flex options, wide receiver Nate Burleson and Chris Durham, flex options, tight ends Brandon Pettigrew and Tyler Eifert, flex options, kicker David Akers is okay. This, this will be an interesting game. I think there's a pretty good amount of fantasy value on both yeah. sides of the here, but uh, I still think it all adds up eventually to a Detroit win. A lot of playoffs are going to come down to that game, I bet. Um, yeah, but right. We will be back next week from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. And you can find us all week long all over social media at the number 4thninchesshow uh, at gmail.com, on Twitter at the number 4thninchesshow at jkim16, and fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can also find us at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook and fantasyfootballsherpa.com. Great blog stuff there, so be sure to check that out all week long. And as always, if you miss an episode or you just miss hearing our voices, you can always find them archived on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes. All right, thanks a lot for a great show, Jana, and good luck in your playoffs this week. Thank <laughs> you.